Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. How many of y'all received a blessing this week from God? Everybody raise their hand. All right. How many of y'all want more blessings from God? How do you get them? Uh, we'll learn here in a little what we got to do to get those blessings, okay? Uh, it's a setup for y'all. It's time, y'all. Have us, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Bless the reading of the Word this morning. Let us come into your house today with an open heart and open mind. Let us receive the blessings that you have for us. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. I'm going to start reading in verse 20. Since everybody says amen. That's all it took. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God bless you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is given unto you. God bless you who are hungry, now you will be satisfied. God bless you who weep now, for the time will come when you will laugh with joy. God bless you who are hated and excluded and mocked and cursed because you are identified with me, the Son of Man. When that happens, rejoice. Yes, leap for joy for the great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were also tor tormented and the way by your accusers. What sorrows await you who are rich, for you have only happiness now. What sorrows await you who are satisfied and purposes now? For the time is awful hunger is before you. What sorrows await you who laugh carelessly? For your laughing will turn into mourning and sorrow. What sorrows await you who are praised, who are praised by the crowds? For their ancestors also praised false prophets. I'm going to stop right there for a minute. That's a pretty bleak picture, isn't it? Don't sound like we got a whole lot of things to look forward to, right? Who's he talking to? This is words written in red. Who's Jesus talking to? He's talking to all of us, guys. He's talking to all of us that walk around bitter, broken, hurt, angry, jealous, all the things that he tells us not to be in previous scriptures we've heard about what we're not supposed to be like, right? Now he's telling us in his own words, this is what you've got to look forward to. If you're a greedy person, guess what? you got everything you're going to get. If you're a boastful person and you go around boasting about what you've done, guess what? You've got everything you're going to get. You need to listen to what God's telling us here because in this day of 2021, we have a lot of people that are walking around thinking they're all that in a bag of chips. And really what they are, are, are destined to fail because they're doing it on their own power and their own wisdom and with their own needs. And on their own, they're not putting any effort into what God is telling you to do at all. 
Now, the next question is, well, what does God expect us to do? What does God expect us to do? Out of the words of Jesus, he says this. You ready? But if you are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Praise for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer them your shirt also. Give what you have to anyone who asks you for it. And when things are taken away from you, don't try to get them back. Do for others as you would like them to do for you. Do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Oh, we could, we could work on that, couldn't we? We can work on that one, can't we? Oh, I love all you people that love me. I really do. I love all y'all that love me. The ones of y'all that don't give me any problems, the ones of y'all that don't talk behind my back, the ones of y'all that do everything right. I can love y'all easy, can't I? But what about the ones that don't? What about the ones that don't do everything right? What about the ones that talk about everybody behind their back? What about the backstabbers and the name callers and the he sayers and she sayers? We got to love them more than we do the ones that love us, don't we? They need God more than we do. You got to pray, guys. You got to pray that these people. What did he say in the first of this? Pray for your enemies. Who is my enemy? Who is my enemy, really? Anyone outside the will of God is considered an enemy. Y'all understand that? So we need to be praying for them. How do we become friends with them? How do we become related to them? How do we become more in their lives? Come on. Y'all know the answers to this. How do we do it? Love them like we want to be loved. And how hard is that? Sometimes it's hard, isn't it? But do you think Jesus, when the day he went to the cross, he had the ones that he loved more than others? I don't think so. I think he loved us all equally. Even the sinners. Even the ones that were putting him on the cross, he loved them. He loved them so much that not only did he love them in heart, but he loved them in word. He looked to his father and he said, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. Now, that's the people that were, that were killing him, okay? They weren't trying to kill him. They were doing it. And he still said, forgive them. So how much is our forgiveness supposed to be? How much are we supposed to give forgive people? More and more and more. It's hard to do, ain't it? But then look at your life. How hard is it for God to forgive you? What have you done that God had to forgive you for? What have you done that didn't even deserve to be forgiven? But yet God forgave us all. He forgave all of us. Isn't that cool? Do you think you deserve credit merely for, doing, for loving those who love you? Even the sinner do that. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, is that a wonderful thing? 
even the sinners do that much. And if you lend money to only those who can repay it in full, whoo, even sinners will lend to their own kind for full re return. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lead, lead, lend to them. And don't be concerned that they might not repay you. Your reward for heaven will be very great. If they can't repay you on earth, who's going to repay you? Hey, you really have God's repaying or theirs? Uh-huh. And acting as children and the most high, for this is the kind of unthankful and to those who are wicked. For you must compensate just as your father has compensated. How do I compensate people that do me wrong? Do I go up and smack them upside the head? How about stomp on their foot? How about ignore them? How about turn my back on them? What am I supposed to do, guys? I have to love them more because they are that way. Why should I love somebody that hurts me? Because God said to. That's the reason. There's no better reason than to do it than God said to. In order for us to be able to be forgiven, and I preach on this a lot, in order for us to be forgiven by God, we have to forgive too. Even when we don't want to. Especially if we don't want to. No matter how bad it hurt us. No matter what it was, we still have to forgive those who trespassed against us. Is that hard? Is it really painful to forgive somebody that really hurt you bad? Now, think about that. Is it really that hard to do? Well, then I'm going to ask this question. What makes it hard? What makes it so hard? Can I tell you, the devil makes it hard? Because he wants something to hold against you. He wants something that he can say, remember when that da, 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 da happened? Who was there for you? Who was there when you were being put through that turmoil? But do you realize that God was there? Do you really realize that God got you through all that stuff? Now you do, but when it was going on, you didn't. You just thought, oh, my, my world is upside down. I'm hurting. I'm pain. These people hurt me. Where is God in all this? Why does God allow this to happen? How many times you ask yourself that question? How many times? Why did God allow me to become a drug addict? Why did God allow me to become an alcoholic? Oh. He allowed it. Let me tell you something. Anything that goes on in this world, God allows. Because if God didn't allow it, it wouldn't happen. He allows it for a reason, though. Now, let, me, let me enlighten you on something. Do you know why I was an outlaw biker? Because God allowed me to be that person. Why did he allow me to be that person? Where he could use me for what he's using me for today. He taught me how to relate to people 
in that situation where when I got saved and I become what God created me to be, that I would have the tools to use to help those people get out of it. How many times has God made an example out of people? Come on. How many examples do you need to show you that no matter who you are, what you are, what your background is, what your past was, what you've gone through, is that God can still love you, use you, and make you 100% better? How many more examples do you need? There's 34 of them sitting in this room today, and God only knows how many is listening to it out there on the radio and television. There are thousands and thousands of examples of how God can take something that we consider useless and make it profitable. Oh, not every story has that same bleak background. Not everybody was an outlaw. Not everybody was a drug addict. Not everybody had grow up in, ha in a house where the families were dysfunctional. There are people out there that grew up in good homes with nice families and nice people, and everything went kosherly well with them. Except one thing. There was no God in their house. There was no God in their house. And if there was a God in their house, it wasn't really recognized. Because I want to tell you something. When you're down and out, and you're busted, broke, and disgusted, and God picks you up out of it, you recognize. When you get broken from an addiction, you recognize who did it. I like to hear these people. Well, I went to a 12-step program and I kicked drugs. <laughs> you did that all on your own. Mm-hmm. Tell you something, folks. The only reason I'm not an alcoholic and a drug addict now is because God cured me of it. God took it away from me. He helped me get through it. Did y'all hear what I said? He helped me get through it. Because the Bible says I can do all things through Him who strengthens me. Do you think that the first 29 years of my life I'd have lived it the way I did if I could do it on my own? If I could have broke that habit or changed that stuff on my own? Do you think I wouldn't have done it? But I didn't have the courage. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the want to. Until I met God. When I met God and got a personal relationship with Jesus, things started changing in my life. I started looking for a better way, a new way. Was it easy? No. But was it doable? Through Christ, all things are doable. I can do anything Christ sends me to do. Can I do it on my own sometimes? No. Oh, Jr. I'm going to get I'm going to get to the point one of these days where I can I can live through this and I don't have to deal with this anymore. Will you let me know how that works out for you? I mean, really and truly, let me know how that works out for you if you're doing it on your own. But when you hand it over to God, the Bible says that we are to sacrifice our flesh. What does sacrifice in your flesh mean? Give it up. Kill it. Bury it. How many of y'all have been baptized in this room? And we take you to the baptism and we say, this represents the death 
burial, and the resurrection. What are we burying? Your past, your sins, your all your bull that you carried to that water with you. That's what we're representing that we're burying. Why are we burying it? It's supposed to be dead. Did you hear what I said? It's supposed to be dead. And if it's dead, why don't we keep bringing it back to life? Why do we keep bringing it back to life? I can break it down for you. Mandy said comfortable. I say it's because it's knowable. You felt good in it. You're used to it. And something new's coming along that you ain't used to. And what happens when something new comes along? It's scary, as Mindy said. Scary. It is scary. It is scary to walk in a different life than what you've been used to living. It's scary for somebody that grew up a head thumper to stop thumping heads. It's hard for someone that was a violent person to change. It's hard for a person that walked around with hatred in their heart all the time to start loving everybody they come in contact with. It's hard to do it by yourself. By yourself, it is almost impossible to do. But if you will turn that over to Christ and bury that dead stuff and say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do it your way. Guess what? It becomes the easiest thing you can do because he gave me the strength to do it. How hard was it for Jesus to love everybody? Wasn't hard at all, was it? He did it without any hassle at all. How hard is it for us to love everybody? Harder and harder and harder, right? And why is it so hard? Because the flesh still wants to control the spirit. The spirit is supposed to control the flesh. And if you allow your spirit to walk over your flesh and to lead your life the way it's supposed to, I promise you this, you will have a change of attitude. You'll change the way you think. You'll change the way you live. Because, see, the Spirit of God has no evil in it. The Spirit of God has no hatred in it. It has no vengeance in it. The Spirit of God is pure love. You want a good, happy home? How many of y'all really want a good, happy home? Raise your hand. Put God first in it. And stop the bitterness that goes on between yourselves and stop criticizing each other and quit looking for things to change. Oh, I'm preaching something. I'm preaching something here. You ain't going to change that person. That person is not going to change just because you say change. The only way that person is going to change is through the love of God. And how do we get the love of God in somebody? Show it to them, folks. I can pray till I turn blue, but if I don't show somebody how to live it, how are they going to know how to do it? The Bible says faith comes from hearing of the Word. So I can pray all day long, right? What good is my prayers if there's no action put to it? Oh, I'm preaching something y'all don't want to hear today, ain't I? 
I'm preaching something that a lot of people don't want to hear because they don't want to hear that they have a responsibility to doing what God called them to do. So how do I change what I do? How do I change how I feel about things? How do I start living the life that Christ wants me to live? Well, submitting to the Spirit is one way. What's the easiest way to learn how to do what God tells you to do? Hold it up, Andy. Hold it up high. It says, study the Word of God. To sell yourself what, Diane? Approved. How can I be approved if I don't know what to do? How am I going to know what to do if I don't read the Bible? How am I going to know what to do if I don't go listen to that crazy preacher on Sunday morning? How am I going to learn how to live for God if I don't hang around with people living for God? How am I going to live for God if I refuse to turn my life over to Him? Ooh. Preaching something this morning. Telling y'all something this morning. There comes a time when we've got to stop worrying about what we want and start worrying about what God wants. <coughs> oh, JR, you don't understand. I want to be this, and I want to be... God didn't ask you what you wanted to be. He created you to be what He created you to be. Do you think I volunteered for this job? <laughs> no, I didn't. I fought it tooth and nail, and some of y'all that know me back then knows how hard I fought it. But I surrendered myself to the will of God. And when you surrender yourself to the will of God, you find out what your job is. Is everybody in this room supposed to be a pastor? Is everybody in this room supposed to be the preacher? Is everybody in this room supposed to be the teacher? No. No. Not everybody in this room is supposed to teach. There are callings in your life that God gives you. If God calls you to be a teacher, be a teacher. If God calls you to be a preacher, be a preacher. If God calls you to be a pastor, be a pastor. There's a difference between spreading the word through the congregation of disciples than there is being a teacher, a preacher, or any of that. It's called being a servant. How many of y'all were called to be servants? Do you know? All of us. How many were called to be teachers? Diane, Mandy, Barbara, me, Annie a little bit, Charlie. We were called to do something. What's the rest of you called to do? Ooh, come on. Come on. You're called to be followers of Christ. And what is a follower of Christ supposed to do? Be a disciple. What's being a disciple mean? Go forth and make disciples out of others. How do you make disciples out of others if you're not a preacher? Show them the love of God. Show them what God has for them. Be there when they need you. Be a servant to men. Be a servant to sinners. Be a servant to the preachers. Be a servant to the teachers. Be a servant to the pastors. Do what God put you here to do, and that is to serve Him. Oh, am I hurting somebody's feelings this morning? I hope so. I hope I hurt your feelings to the point that you wake up and realize 
that you have a job to do, whether you're called by to be the the head or you're called to be the toe or the bladder for that matter. You can be called to be whatever part of the body God wants you to be, but he wants you to be the best bladder you can be. He wants you to be the best little toe you can be. He wants you to be aware of what your job is and what your function is and how you're supposed to live. And the biggest thing that all of us in this room is called to do, serve God at whatever he tells us to do. Now, you know, not everybody is going to be the same part. Because we'd all look funny walking around here being an eyeball, wouldn't we? I mean, if that's all we were was a big old eyeball walking around, we'd look funny, wouldn't we? We're all a part of the body of Christ. We all have a des designated service that we're supposed to do. He said to all his disciples, go and spread the good news. Does that mean go preach to people? It can. Does it mean go browbeat people? He said, go and tell them the story about Jesus. Who can tell the story of Jesus? Anybody that knows him should be able to. And if you go out and tell people about Jesus, what's going to happen? You'll start bringing people to hear the word of God. You want to be successful at being an outreach pe person? Start outreaching. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. You want to lead people to God? Go out and be a God. Be godly. Show them how to live for God. What is the best example of a Christian? What is the best example of a Christian? There you go. Say it again, Mandy. Say it out loud. When you live it in your daily life. There's, a, there's an old thing out there that says, there was a sign that was put on a bullboard at a church that said, God doesn't want custody on the weekends. He wants full custody. Oh, it's easy to be a Christian on Sunday morning, ain't it? Get up, put your clothes on, get in your car, drive to the church, sing a couple of songs, pass the plate, collect an offering, say amen when the right time comes. That's easy to do, isn't it? But what about when you ain't being watched by a room full of people? What, what about when you ain't being watched by that room full of people? How easy is it to be godly then? Somebody somebody just touched on something. That's when you need God inside of you. That's when you need the Holy Spirit going inside and saying, live right. Even when nobody's watching, live right. What's the most what's a judge of integrity? Doing the right thing when nobody's watching. Doing the right thing when nobody's watching you. Isn't that hard sometimes? Come on. Now we're being honest in here, right? It's hard to be integrative when your water pipes are leaking, your stove don't light up, you go to get that glass of milk out of the refrigerator and it's soured, your kids are screaming and yelling and tearing up the house, your husband won't get up and go mow the yard like you asked him to five times, your wife won't cook dinner and have it ready on time. It's hard to live, isn't it? But my question is this, is this, 
when dinner ain't ready, have you asked her why? Instead of screaming and yelling, have you asked her, are you okay today? Is there something wrong? Can I help you with this? Huh? Huh, men? You know, sometimes women get tired of cooking all the time. Take them out to dinner. And wives don't get so used to going out to dinner that you forget how to cook. <laughs> amen. I noticed all the amens quit after that one. <laughs> I noticed that that amen section went away after that. But And if you ain't, well, I ain't getting into all that because if you ain't working at all, what is your job? Take care of the house, period. Shouldn't have to have somebody do it for you. But that's another, that's another preaching altogether. We ain't going to get into that. Where was I? Does anybody remember? <laughs> I'm going to go to 37 because that's where everybody says I'm at. So I'm just going to assume that's where I'm at. Okay, y'all ready for this part? This is the part where you've got to pick your toes up. Stop judging others or you will be judged. Stop criticizing others or you will, or you, or it will come back to you if you forgive others you will be forgiven if you give you will receive if your gift will return to you in full measure pressed down shaken together made room for more and running over whatever measure you use in giving large or small it will be used to measure what is given back How much love do you want to give people? How much do you want to love people? Because whatever you decide, that's the amount you want to give. It's what you're going to get back. How much trust do you want to put in other people? How much are you willing to give? It's what you're going to get back. What about kindness? How much kindness do you want to give to other people? That's what you're going to get back. Y'all get the picture here? Whatever you put out is what you get back. And how much does God want us to put out? All of it. All we have. Love your husband. Love your wife. Love your kids. Love your grandmothers. Love your fathers. Love people with all you have. And what will happen? God will give it all back to you. Not only the amount you gave, He'll make room, press it down, and let it overflow. That's what God does. If you do 100%, that's what He does for you. Oh, JR, how do you know that's true? Well, the Bible says so, but I can give you another. I can give you something that's stronger than the Bible on this. I can give you something stronger than that. My own life testimony. When I started loving people the way God told me to, I started getting loved by people. When I started being kind to people, people started being kind to me. What is your best story to tell? I've talked about this many times. Your story is the best story to tell. What God did in your life. Well, J.R., I went to that church over there, and I listened to that preacher preach, and 
I got moved by the Holy Spirit, and I got up, and I gave my life to God, and I went home, and, well, I went home. And I didn't really put a whole lot of effort into it. What did you get out of it? Not a lot. But what about that person that gave their life to God and started doing something with it? They started sharing their story with people, and they started bubbling over with joy when they were mad at the world, and they started doing everything that God said in that book to do. What happened to those people? They walk around with a smile on their face, and everybody's wondering, what are they up to? Right? You're too happy. How did you get so happy? Let me tell you how I got so happy. I met a man named Jesus. And Jesus came into my life and He changed the way I thought. He changed the way I think. He changed the way I talk. He changed the way I feel about things. He changed a lot of stuff in me that now I can change and be something better than I was. Oh, but can He do that for me? Yeah, He can. If you allow Him to. If you allow Him in, He will change your life. He will change your stinking thinking into spiritual thinking. He'll change your spiritual thinking into holy thinking. He'll change your thinking into doing. But you've got to allow Him to do it. And how do we allow God in? What's the first thing we've got to do to allow God in? Ask Him. It's hard to do, ain't it? It's hard to say, Dear Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I am lost. I need you to come into my life. I need you to change who I am and what I am. I need to make you I need you to make me whole. I need you to show me how to live. And I make a commitment to you that I will serve you for the rest of my life. I will serve you for the rest of my life. And then do something really totally amazing. When the preacher says, y'all stand up, who wants to receive Christ this morning? When he says, stand up and come forward, get up and come up here and confess it with your mouth that you believe it in your heart. You got to believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. And you ask Christ in your life, He will come. And from that day forward, if you allow Him, you will become a better person. You will become what God created you to be in the first place. And He will give you an assignment to do. You ready? Everybody bow your heads. Close your eyes. This is about you and God. It's not about Annie. It's not about me. It's not about Barbara. It's not about John. It's not about anybody. This is you. Where are you at right now? Are you listening to the Word of God coming into your life and telling you you need to change some stuff? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit tell you that you need more than you've ever needed? The song says it all. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart right now. Let me see what you have for me. Take me to another level. 
Bring me from this hatred and this bitterness, this anguish, to the joy of God. Show me how to live it. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I accept you as my sin forgiver. I believe that you came from the virgin birth and lived on this earth. And you died on the cross for my sins. And that you were placed in the grave. And on the third day, you did something for me that's remarkable. You were resurrected to show me that I can be resurrected too. And open the doors to heaven for all who believe. Guys, if God's talking to you this morning, whatever He's telling you to do, He's telling you to lay down your burdens, come up here and lay them down. He's telling you to lay down your past, come up here and lay it down. If He's telling you you need to receive Christ this morning, for God's sakes, don't leave here without it. Listen to what the Spirit's telling you this morning. Whatever it may be, And it don't matter who sees it or who hears it. It's about you and God right now. Let it take place in your heart. Right now. If you need Jesus for the first time, just stand up and come on up here. Just get up and come on. If that's not what's needed this morning, if you need a refreshment, a renewing of your spirit, a rededication and recommitment to God and serving Christ the way you're supposed to. Stand up and come on up here. Don't be the last one. Don't be the last one to move. Because if God, if you need God this morning, whatever the situation may be, come on. Come on up here. Let's go to the altars and pray if you need to. Whatever you need to do. Come on. One person in here had the courage to say, I need more. How many more people need that courage this morning? How many other people need to rededicate today? How many people need to say, Jesus, I ain't been doing it right. I want to do it right now. Come on. How many of y'all got bad family lives and bad home lives that you want fixed? Come on up here and ask God for it. I challenge you to. I challenge you to ask God to fix your marriage. I challenge you to ask God to fix your child's life. I challenge you to fix your finances right here on these altars. God has the power. Have you got the courage to ask? It's up to you. Barbara, give us a little bit more, just a couple more minutes. Guys, we're running a little bit short this morning, but that's okay. We've got plenty of time. If you've got a commitment to make today, make it. Thank you, Mama, for coming up. It's been a long morning, hasn't it? That preacher's throwing rocks and kicking stones and beating us up and calling us names and everything else. All I can tell you to do is get used to it because God's on the, God is on the way back. God is coming back. He may have been asleep for a little while. He may have been taking a nap. But God is coming back. 
He's coming back with a vengeance too. He's coming back taking names. I want everybody to raise your, just stand up where you're at. Raise your heads up. Stand up where you're at. I don't do this very often, but we're going to do it this morning. Y'all ready for this? I want each one of you to take your right hand. Raise it up to God. And I want you to shout, praise Jesus. Give us grace. Take us into a new place. Show us how to live better and stronger lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.